Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. We're going to talk about two builders tonight for a few minutes. Matthew 7, 24. Jesus says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. If we were to look back through some previous chapters... Before our reading tonight, we find that Jesus has been preaching for a while. And He's been preaching to a large number of people who have expressed interest. There has been some amazement among the people. They have listened, for the most part, with gladness in a reverent way, and are deeply stirred by what they've heard. This message isn't trying to follow the theme Pastor Stone's been on on Sunday mornings, but, but it is important to listen, okay? There, but there's no value in listening if we're not led into action from what we listen to. Hearing must become obeying. To express the importance of this truth, Jesus tells us about two builders here whose buildings were tested by a storm. The first thing I'd like to say is all hearers are builders. As I say that, I say that in relation to the parable that we have before us, but the truth is everyone is building. Everyone is building a life on decisions, on things of, of some sort in, in some way. Everyone's uh, building, whether they hear or not. But we're talking about hearers in the parable. So the hearers we read about are builders. And, and there are two builders. There's the wise builder, and then there's the foolish builder. You know, Jesus is always placing people in one of two groups. I mean, you, some have wedding garments. Some do not have wedding garments. Some are on the broad road that leads to destruction. Some are on the narrow way that leads to life. You have those who are spiritually alive, and you have those who are spiritually dead. 
You know, there are those who say that it's wrong to distinguish among people. Well, we find Jesus doing it all the time. And he makes a distinguishing and a separation among people. So in one division that he makes here of builders, there's, there's a wise man. There's a wise builder. He is busy constructing something with the decisions, the actions, the thoughts, even the ambitions in his life. He's building his character. He's building the living conditions that he's going to have for all eternity. What we build here is, is going to affect us for, for all of eternity, for, for the wise man and even for the foolish man for all of eternity. The foolish man is doing the same thing in a broad general sense as the wise man. He's also constructing the atmosphere of his existence for all eternity. Both the wise and the foolish are builders. We're not exempt from it. We're not taking a break. There are not those things that we say or that we do or that we think that do not count. Every single one of us are building something in everything that we do. Everyone is building all the time. Everything we do is building something and it falls into the wise category or it falls into the foolish category. Our thought life is even constructing something. You know, I, I wasn't raised in the Bible and, and I'm not going to tell you the sayings I grew up hearing, but bottom line, to sum them up in a nutshell, would be it's the th your thoughts don't matter. Your, your thoughts don't affect one way or another. But you know, the Bible says something about the thought life. The Bible speaks of those things that the Lord hates. And, and one thing is a heart that deviseth uh, wicked imaginations. And, and so the thought life is important. We're building something with the thought life. Every word we speak is part of a building process. You know, I, I notice wise men that I look up to in life and I... I notice fewer words from them. They're just as effective, more effective with fewer words. But I believe the wiser we are, the fewer words we, we might use. We're going to, get to give an account for every idle word that we speak. Everything we do is building something. Everything that we say is constructing something. Every word that we speak is in the building process of our life. Our ambitions build. It, it all combines to be, to be a material in the structure that we're building on a foundation. You know, the wood was real popular for building a house. The, the outside, the, the outside, uh, you know, what, what you see on the outside. It, it, it was wood planks before and now... Now people do hardy plank, and it's more durable, they say, and, and lasts longer. Everything from our lives 
goes into the material, if you will, that is building our lives. And sometimes things are added to the material that just can't hold up in the storm. You know, when, when these things are tested, they don't have strength. They may look good until the storm comes along, until a test comes along. And then it just doesn't hold up. Thoughtless words that come out that are offensive to God. I mean, that, that's, not, that's not good building material. That doesn't make for good material. You know, the choice of people that, that we spend our time with, that either makes good material or it makes material that's not so good. You know, the time we remain silent when something needs to be said, that, that affects our lives. And it affects the material, if you will, of, of what we're building in our lives. The hurt life we don't go to and help. The time we've made up a, a gray area for a situation and we've just tried to stay there and coast in neutral somewhere and it's something we shouldn't have done in, a, in an area we just didn't belong in. That doesn't make for good material for building the life that we're that we're to be building. Remaining neutral when we're convicted to take a stand for something. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't work well. And that doesn't build a, a life very well. There are weak, cheap materials which have been added that, that give no reinforcement though. It's no help once the test and the storms come to the life. You know, there are other things that make for strong building materials. As we would consider the life that we're building and we want the, the best quality material in, in what we're building the life out of, I, there are many ways we could talk about it. I'll just take a few, a few great examples from the Bible. How, how about the widow that gave her two mites? The widow who gave out of her need it's God saw fit to record it in His Word. What, what, what a good building material for life with the example of the giving of the widow. Not giving out of her abundance, but she gave out of her need. How about Daniel? Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. It speaks of Daniel purposing in his heart that he would not defile himself. What does it mean that Daniel purposed in his heart? How about this? He squared things away with God before he came into that situation of temptation that he would come to. He set his heart with God ahead of time that he would not defile himself. Let us not get caught unprepared in the moment. But let us prepare our hearts ahead of time with God. That's some good building material right there, that, that Daniel would, would prepare ahead of time that he wouldn't defile himself. Or, or how about Joseph? Joseph who came out of his coat in time of temptation. You know, he came out of his coat and he, he, didn't, go, he didn't fall into that temptation. And you think about him, yet even though he did that which was right, he suffered he suffered for doing so. He went, 
He went to prison for doing right. I think about what Peter says. It is better to suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. That's, that's some good building material. That's good stuff right there. Everyone is building. We're either building wisely or we're building foolishly. There is evil done in the sight of the Lord, and there is that which is right which is done in the sight of the Lord. And one or the other is going to be the prevailing tone in our lives. None of us are are perfect, but one of those things is going to prevail in our lives. We're either going to build wisely or we're going to build foolishly. All hearers are builders. And as I alluded to a little bit, what's so important about that? What we build in our lives as we go, it is going to be tested. We can count on it. That that wherever and however we build our life, it's going to be tested. We can't just build lightheartedly. We can't just build our life thoughtlessly or casually. We must build for times of tough weather coming through. What we're constructing, it's surely going to be tested. We are, we are not exempt from the storms. Not too long after I got saved, I went through the biggest storm of my life. And so I learned that quick, and, and my ears quickly closed to any prosperity preaching I accidentally heard on the radio or on TV. I turned on everything in Christianity when I first got saved. And by the way, that's not always too good on the radio or the TV. But considering a storm I quickly went through in my life after I got saved, the the prosperity preaching could get nowhere. We can't just build lighthearted because what we build is going to be tested. We're not exempt. We must build, we must build our lives with the testing in mind because surely it's coming. We must build in view of the crisis that will come. That doesn't sound real encouraging, but let me tell you tonight it's real. And it's important that we share what's real. It's important that we share what's, what's coming, that no one be blindsided, that no one be deceived about the favor that God shows His people. He shows His people favor, and He shows His people blessing, but sometimes that blessing is going to be through the storm. Sometimes He's going to show us the great things He could do through the difficult things of life. And though He's going to be with us and help us, we see our part. He has given us the opportunity to build a life on the foundation of the solid rock in Jesus Christ. The test is going to take place for the foolish builder and the wise builder. God is He's going to help us, but He's not going to coddle us through the stresses and the strains that come our way. 
Because He's told us we're builders. He has told us to build. There will be storms. Our days will not be easy. He has not promised all blue skies. We are not to flee, but to face these tests and to face the storms that come our way. We must know and expect this reality as we are building. Building by our thoughts, building by our words, and our actions in life. You know, what do we do around here every winter when we actually get some cold weather come through? We're all warning and helping one another, and we're watching the weather, and, and if it's going to get down to 30 degrees, we all go outside and we, we wrap our pipes and, and we crack the attic door and we trickle the water. Most of us do anyway. That's what I do. My neighbor doesn't have to do that across the street. He had his house built to be able to endure the cold storms even up north. I mean, his house could survive in an area with worse storms. I don't know what all he did. He, he's told me 20 things that were done differently about the building of his house. One that sticks out in my mind is in his two-story house, there are his, his plumbing pipes are going in between the floors. His plumbing pipes are interior. So he's not concerned about those busting and the ceiling falling through. You know, while, while we're running around getting things ready for a storm, he's sitting back in his recliner because when he built, he built in view of the storms and the tests that would be coming to the structure that he was building. He was thinking about that while he was building. So he is prepared and he is ready. Some say that his house is overkill. But it's ready for the storm. And people will look at Christians and say, your life is all caught up in this church and, 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 and doing what you do and you give so much time and you give your money and, and you do all of this. Hey, we're, we're building. We're building a structure. And, and there's no such thing as overkill for the storms and the tests that are coming our way. Build in view of what's coming our way in life that Jesus has let us know. In this world, ye shall tr suffer tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. When my Uncle Doc used to come down from deep east Texas, he would come to an intersection like 59 in the Beltway, and I mean, he's, he's from the country, one intersection in town. And he would come down here, and he would just count the overpasses. He would say, Kenneth, that was four stories of overpasses. We just went, that big spaghetti bowl thing right there, four stories. Think about that. Think, think about those being built. I'm glad they didn't try to cut costs or build quickly. I'm, I'm glad they didn't, they didn't measure the thought of the weight of one car at a time coming across that. So, so we only need this much steel and we only need this much concrete. And I think, well, it'll do. 
No, those engineers thought about traffic building up bumper to bumper setting on those overpasses and the weight of every vehicle that would be setting on that overpass. And they added to it. And they, 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 they went beyond what the load would be to make sure it's reinforced. You know, when you, when you go across those, you see those sections where they butt together, right? And, and, and when we go on the highest one, I love to tell Shelly, what, what if that thing just separated right there right now? She doesn't think that's funny. She doesn't like to be messed with like that. You know, we can't put a, we can't put a lot of confidence in man, but let me tell you something. There, there's a lot of engineering that goes into those things to make sure that they do everything they can, that it'll bear whatever load comes its way. Because the test is absolutely coming. for They're not guessing. I wonder, I wonder if we're going to get five cars a day come through here. I, I just wonder how much the load's going. No, is it ever going to be tested? Yes, it's definitely going to be tested. Yes, that load is definitely going to, to come about and be weighed down upon that. And the tests are definitely going to take place in, my, in our lives. You know, some, some here tonight have a storm that they are going through right now. There's a storm that is absolutely being dealt with in life. There are, there are definitely those, let me assure you, there are definitely those in a time of testing right now. And... And some Christians can weather the storm. First of all, let me say that every Christian is supplied with everything they need to be able to act upon it, to be able to weather the storm that comes their way. But the truth is, the truth is, some are going to be able to weather the storm. And depending on where some are in their lives, they're, they're not going to be able to weather the storm. But they're, and they're, they are definitely coming our way. They are definitely taking place. It depends on the building that has taken place. It depends on the preparations that the Christian makes as we go. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. And people take that verse to mean God will never put anything more on us than we can bear. How about the Christian not in the will of God? It'll be more than they can bear. Given that we're in the will of God, we'll be able to bear it. Given that we are building wisely, we'll be able to bear it and weather the storm. I want everybody to be able to weather the storm. We want all of God's people to be able to weather the storm. But we've got building to do on an amazing foundation that God has given us. Look, the importance, the importance of what the, our structure, if you will, of life is going to go through. We need to know about the storms. We need to know that they're coming. We don't know when they're coming. We don't know in what fashion they're coming. We don't know what angle they are. But the storms are coming. There's not a pattern 
where we can have advance notice on it. It doesn't arrive the same way every time. It's different for all of us. But the storms are coming our way. It may be a sudden storm of temptation that fits Daniel's situation, you know. Daniel purposed in his heart. He purposed ahead of time. We must purpose ahead of time in our hearts and be ready for that time of temptation that comes our way. We need some durable building material. We will be brought face to face suddenly with an, with an evil temptation. And look, there's a, there's a God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, and he's very strategic. It'll, we'll, we'll be in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. And that temptation is coming. It could happen any hour of life. We must build in preparation for the sudden temptation. The storm that comes our way may not be temptation in that way, but the storm may be loss. It may be financial loss. It may be family loss. Job suffered both. And as a wise builder, he said, The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He was, he was a wise builder. By the way, along with his material loss and family loss was also the loss of his health. But he knew his Redeemer. And he built his life on the Lord. How long, how long might these seasons be? I don't know. David says, how long, O Lord? And look, these seasons, these seasons might go on for a while. And you know what I've tried to stop doing? I've tried to stop spending so much time in my mind wondering how long the season will be. Look, God, it's in God's hands. And God will take care of it. And, and by His grace, if we are living in His will, we can trust that that storm is continuing and the season is continuing longer for some reason for our good and for God's glory. How long? We, we don't know. But we have to build with plans to endure the long storm that comes our way. I say the storm might be lost. How about this? The storm might be gain. Sometimes prosperity can be a bigger storm than poverty. Paul says in Philippians, I'll never forget when I was stopped in my tracks, first time I ever read. First time I ever read it, I was actually studying the words in the, in the Greek. And Paul says, Philippians chapter 4, I know both how to be abased he knows how to be made low in whatever way. And then he says, and I know how to abound. How, how to have much. How, how, how to have everything going, going good and have an abundance. Have my, have my need met in a great way. He didn't say, I hope I abound. He didn't say, it's, it's just always great when you abound. He said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Church of Philippi, where, where, he, where that's written in, 
they gave to him time and time again. And sometimes he had even maybe a little more than he needed. But he said, I know how to abound. He knew how that his Lord and Savior would have first place in his life, no matter how much he had in in a material way or in other ways while he walked this earth. When many prosper more, they pray less sometimes. When some become rich in the things of the world, they become poor in the things of God. The storm not only might be lost, the storm might be gain. And, and of course, for everyone, we know that there's a test coming of judgment. Judgment is, judgment is coming to the wise builder and to the foolish builder. The end of the road for all is, is unavoidable judgment. The Bible says, For it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Oh, how important it is to build wisely. Because the structure of our speech and our deeds that we build, as well as our thoughts, it's, it's all going to be tested. It's all going to be judged. That's not a determination of heaven and hell. I just always want to interject and and qualify that. You know, that determination is made upon this earth. Whether one believes in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, or they dismiss, delay, put off, reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When, When we go before God, we go before God not with a variety of different things and some did good, some did bad. We go before God as one of two people, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ or one who has delayed, deceived themselves, didn't let themselves overcome pride, see their, see their desperate need in their sin and, and just didn't trust Him. Either you've trusted Jesus or, or, you, or you haven't. And then there's a judgment. Then there's a judgment beyond the idea of heaven or hell. That's, that happens here. The judgment at the judgment seat of Christ is going to be for our works. The things that we did. The things that we did that didn't glorify God. Even good works that didn't glorify God. Good, good works that were only done, well, out of the wrong motive. That could be many things. It could be for show. It could be uh, just for someone to see. And those will be wood, hay, and stubble, and they'll burn up, and we'll have nothing for them. But those works that we did to glorify God, we're going to have as reward in heaven. Children of God will go before the judgment seat of Christ. Those who rejected Jesus Christ will go before the great white throne judgment. And and again, heaven and hell is already decided. It's, It's hell for those going before the great white throne judgment. And it won't be a weighing of, of hopefully good, enough good over the bad. It's just a further confirming of what Jesus has said and what's going to happen to those who reject Jesus as Lord and Savior. A test is coming. There's a judgment for all. Surely There surely will be. But the outcome of the testing, I touched on it earlier, but the outcome of the testing, some will not stand the test. If our house 
if our life is not built on Jesus Christ, if we don't go to the rock of salvation to be saved and build our house upon that rock, it, our house isn't going to stand. Our life isn't going to stand. All of, all of the good deeds and all of the people in this world who give millions of dollars to all of these different charities and, and, and things that are good in respect of the world and, and what they try to do in the world, it's, it's just not going to stand. Jesus clearly lets us know, know this. He holds nothing back. Our house is not going to stand if it's not built on Him. Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is the only firm foundation. There's no other foundation that is going to work. You may be a very able person. There may be people in this world and ultimately their qualities are given from God, but, but, but they can do a whole lot in their lives and they can be very successful in this world and do things that the world would call good, but it's, it's not going to hold up before God. Because Adam sinned, and he passed that sin nature on to every single one of us, and it's unacceptable before God. But we are already accepted by believing in Jesus Christ, who made the way for us. He's, that's good news. That's good news that, we, that someone can trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior tonight, and you are going to be standing on a firm foundation. You're going to be on the solid rock. It's kind of like the story of the man who got swept away from his boat out at sea in the storm. And they, they looked for him for, for hours. And they just knew he was gone. And, and all of a sudden they, they find him. His boat was empty and, and torn up. But they find him. And they're like, how did you make it? How, how did you survive that storm? We hardly survived the aftermath of the storm out here looking for you. And he said, it, it was this solid rock. He said, I, did, I found a rock and I held on to it. it the, the storm would have moved me, but it couldn't move the rock. And I attached myself to the rock. Praise the Lord that the storm of sin, of sin cannot keep you out of heaven because of the solid rock, our Lord Jesus Christ. Trust Him tonight. And know Him. In any other foundation, it is not going to work. How foolish it is for, for the Christian to try to live in their own strength and to provide their own foundation. It's foolish to reject the one, for the one who's not a Christian. It's foolish to reject the one who will save us from all of our sins. Some will not stand the test. Some will. Some will and without loss. It's possible and will be accomplished that some will be able to ride out the storm or maybe I should say outride the storm. I love the, toward the beginning of the Psalms where it says, like a tree planted by the water. We, we find our firm foundation in Jesus. The, the Christian, a word for the Christian, a word that, to describe the Christian is steadfast. Steadfast describes the result of the wise builder in the storm. The Bible says, He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Lives built on Jesus Christ will stand the test. I'll close with a story about a preacher who went to visit a man whose wife passed away. 
and he went to try to be a blessing to him and to comfort him, and he started talking to him and trying to share some comforting words. And the man quickly snipped him off and said, Have you ever lost your wife? And he said, No, I haven't. He said, Well, you can't tell me anything right now then. Nothing you can tell me would do any good. And first of all, let me interject. It's kind of unfair to hold the preacher to needing to experience everything that you're experiencing to be able to help you. You know, God gives the preacher a lot of trials, but he doesn't give the preacher every trial. You're, you're going to have some trials that, that I haven't had and may never had, but you can, you can trust the Lord that he'll use the preacher and another brother and sister in Christ to be able to help. But this, but this fellow goes on to say, wait, until, wait, preacher, until you have a sorrow like mine and see how you do. The preacher left and, and he had a little feeling. We've got to be careful about our feelings, but he had a feeling of failure with the man as he walked away, that he wasn't able to do any good. And little did the preacher know he would have the same type of testing. This told his true story. Come along about six months later. God gave him an amazing wife to be a preacher's wife, to be a helpmeet. And, and she was killed in a tragic accident. And so this wonderful, gifted help meet was no longer in his life. She died. And the preacher, the preacher husband man, he was, he was struck with grief and he stood by her casket and his, his heart was bleeding and his heart was aching. And then he began to speak. Be the speaker at his wife's funeral. And it was a small town, and word had got around, so, and even though there was a lot of people there, he couldn't place everyone, but he knew the word got around, and so he started out the message with these words. Six months ago, I tried to, co to comfort a bereaved husband, but it seems like I failed. He said, I didn't know what I was talking about. And then he said, is he here? And that man stood up, and he said, yes, I'm here. And the preacher said, my friend, I know today now. I know somewhat how you feel. I'm in the midst of a sorrow like your sorrow. And I want to tell you that while my heart is broken, and while my heart bleeds, I find his grace sufficient. I find that his hand holds me and steadies me. I find that my skies are as bright as the promises of God and that underneath are the everlasting arms. The bitter man who lost his wife six months before, he was unsaved. He wasn't building a foundation on the rock. The preacher man did and he found he found God to be sufficient. He found His grace to be enough. I guess I'll repeat a lot of my 
favorite things, but Paul asked for that thorn in the flesh to be removed three times. And, and in just everyday words, the Lord says, no. No, I'm not going to do it, Paul, but I'm going to do something better than take away that thorn. I'm going, I'm going to give you my grace. And you're going, to, you're going to be able to learn to live with that by my grace. You're going, you're going to be able to live a life overcoming the storm because of my grace. Oh, build your house on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Build your life on Jesus Christ. Trust in Him. And may we build in such a way to always be prepared to, to find strength and security for our time of testing, which may creep upon us in, in, a, in a second, and we don't even realize it, that we might be able to bear up. The only way to bear up is to build upon the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you love Him tonight? I, I want to tell you, I love Jesus Christ tonight. He, he's a wonderful Lord and Savior. It's wonderful to realize what we were without Him and what we are now that we have Him as, as the rock of our salvation. And I don't know what may be on your heart tonight. There is... There is, there is a great decision that everyone makes. The greatest decision anyone will make is the decision little Trinity professed to make this morning to believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of her sins. And then in everything we do, we're, we're building on this foundation. And God has provided in such a way that that we can hold up, that we can hold up at all the surprises, at all the temptations, at all the sorrow, at all the loss, all the injustices that come our way. We can hold up in Him. That's what He's given. That's what He's provided. But for the one that may be nearest hell tonight because we don't know when the end of our life is, He's, he's provided freedom from the penalty of sin. If you will come to Jesus and have your life forgiven. Come to Him, and have Him as your Lord and Savior. If you, if you have been washed in your mind in the idea of religion, and you have to do something externally and outwardly, and you have to do enough good, and look, that, that's a miserable life, and it's a dead-end road. And it's a complete neglect and a frustrating of the grace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He said it's finished on the cross. Everything you need is done. Will you rest in the Lord Jesus Christ and trust Him as your Lord and Savior tonight? Let us pray. Father, we bow before You tonight again, and we thank You once again for Your goodness to us. I thank you for the forgiveness of sins that when we confess those things with a broken heart, it, it opens up our fellowship with you in such a way that you hear our prayer and, and our hearts are blessed and we know you hear us and, and, and you make impressions upon our heart and you communicate with us in a silent way. And I, I thank you for the fellowship that we can have. I thank you for what you've done about our sins that we might know you as our Lord and Savior, and walk with you daily. Lord, I thank you for the reminder.
that we might be mindful that, that in everything we say, do, and say, and think, we are, we're building on this foundation. I'm thankful to know that those who know you are on the right foundation, the, the rock of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, have your way with the hearts of, of people tonight. Lord, help them to, to unload whatever is on their heart, whether it be at the altar, whether it be with, with me, and, and help me to help them, whatever the case may be, Lord. Work in your people in a mighty way. And I'm going to thank you in advance for a special time of invitation as you're working on Christians' hearts and you're working on those who are just empty of you. Fill them tonight, Lord. Fill them with you. May they be saved in Jesus' name. Amen.